1: Well, hello, hello. Hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Samoye. Your Commodore of Cocktails and Master Mixologist here in the studio uh, every Saturday at 11 a.m. to noon on 570 KVI. Hey, thanks for joining in. If you ever want to follow our, us on Twitter, check it out at, at happyhrradio and uh, check out our website, happyhourradio.net. You'll find a host of our past and glorious uh, hosts and guests. And well, I guess I'm the glorious host, but you'll find all of our great guests online. Just. Uh, Check it out, net. So excited about today's show. It is October, October 4th, Saturday. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, harvest is... Going strong in Washington and Oregon, for that matter. And we've had a great vintage, fantastic vintage. And if you want to go check out winemaking in person, um, check out Crush in Woodenville. That's October 11th. See real grapes made by real winemakers into wine. Check out com. And uh, October is also football season. Go Huskies, go Cougs. Uh, you can win a trip to the Apple Cup 2014. Check out Waterbrook.com. Dot com slash winapplecup. You and seven guests, round trip airfare to Pullman, two nights lodging, and a catered tailgate with the king of the grill, David Minnick, and his bitchin' barbecue. Check it out at waterbrook.com slash winapplecup. Uh, I'm really excited about today. Um, We have a new segment coming up from one of our sponsors, Maryhill Winery, and it's called A Day in the Life at Maryhill. So each week we'll check in with uh, our friends down at Maryhill Winery. They'll give us a heads up on what's going on, whether it's crushing, destemming, pressing, fermenting, uh, drinking. Who knows what's happening down there? But check it out, A Day in the Life at Maryhill Winery, right here on Happy Hour Radio. That'll be coming up a little later on the show. But right now... If uh, you get the big magazines and on wine, if you've ever been to Walla Walla and seen those billboards, there's a guy, it's black and white. His name is Charles Smith. He's the the biggest, latest, hottest guru of Washington wine and around the world, conquering the world, one fantastic vineyard at a time. It's Charles Smith, welcome to Happy Hour. Great to be here. So excited. Hey, you had a great tasting in Seattle, down in Georgetown the other day. Uh, Love that Chibiani uh, Cibiani, uh I was going to say coffee. It was
2: pizza. It was pizza. It was pizza. And I I think I still have a piece of lasagna on my pan, so I'm sure it was, I think it was Italian place.
1: Uh, So fun. We love it when you're on this side of the mountains. So
2: welcome back to Seattle. And uh, tell me, where are you from? I'm originally from Sacramento, California. So, woo, I'm a native Californian. Uh, I wasn't um, thwarted by the threat of lots of rain in the Pacific Northwest, and I live on the dry east side out in Walla Walla.
1: And uh, you used to be in the rock and roll business, huh?
2: I'm still in the rock and roll something, but not in the business. But yeah, I used to do that when I lived in Copenhagen. Wow. And how? what year was that? Uh, the, the glorious years from uh, 1990 to 2000. Wow. that's Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, so you were commuting back and forth to make it, some wine? Yeah,
2: I started in 1999. Um, I was uh, convinced by a French winemaker over in Walla Walla in the spring of 99 to come Back and moved back to the United States. I was on a little discovery trip, and uh, I couldn't turn down the opportunity. So I came back that uh, fall, made my wine, and the next winter I moved back to the U.S., Holy smokes, the little Frenchman changed your life, huh? Uh, yep, That's, that was a good one. And did he meet you in Copenhagen, or
1: were you said you were doing a, a tour of Discovery? This was on your own, and how did you get lost? Did you end up
2: in Walla Walla? No, because I was traveling with a friend of mine, Suna Wagner. He's the singer of this rock and roll band called the Ravenettes. And uh, I had bought a little uh, Chevrolet van down in California, and we drove into Mexico, and we were on our way up to Seattle. And you know, I'd been up I five, and I'd been up, you know, the coastal route. And I said, "Well, you know, I know they're having some really good wine out in Walla, Walla Why don't we just detour out there on our way up instead of you know just coming straight up?" <laughs> and uh, we stopped at a little wine shop and to ask, you know, is there a good restaurant? Where can we get something good to eat? And the guy goes, "Well, there really isn't anything good right, you know, around Ooh, here." Ooh, the early that, days. But, well, that's the early days. But you know, that's not wasn't completely true. But the story was, and he said, "But we're having a barbecue. If you guys want to come over." and that's where I met the little French guy.
1: Oh, wow. Very cool. So you took this long 300-mile right (laughs) to the Columbia River. Hey, I
2: will travel for wine. Everybody should.
1: Well, that's funny. So you had a Chevy van coming up from Mexico. Was there anything back in the the back end of that van that we ought to know about? Uh, You can ask (laughs) Cheech and Chong. I saw the movie. (laughs) I know how to do it. Uh, So fun. Speaking with the man himself, Charles Smith of Cave Vintners, Charles Smith Wines, and many, much, much more. So uh, from a rock and roll career, somehow the uh bucolic place uh, little lovely town of walla walla place so nice uh
2: drew you there and when did you uh, move in um i actually moved in august 2001 i uh i was commuting back and forth between bainbridge island where i had a little wine shop and walla walla because i needed a job i didn't make a bunch of money in the music business i you know i made a living like anybody else you know i could pay my rent and you know so forth and uh, so i needed a job i had a yeah, I had a wine shop about half the size of this studio, and uh, <laughs> on the weekends, I'd go out to Wall uh, Wall on Wall, the days of my shop was closed, and when it was open, I was there, so I went back and forth.
1: What was the name of the Bainbridge uh, Island Wine Shop?
2: It was called the Winslow Wine Shop. Yeah, is it still there? Uh, no, it's actually uh, turned into a little wine tasting room of a little local winery over on Bainbridge Island. I'm not sure who's in there. But uh, that's what goes on there now.
1: Uh, so uh, that's so great to hear that um, you have this history. And you, and you, you started out small with the retail project and uh, commuted back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, by land and by sea, you were, <clears throat> nothing was going to be in your way to, to get those grapes. So uh, you started Casera. Now, when I was in college, I worked with a guy named Bob Walsh, and he told me a lot of his ideas were always drew up on cocktail napkins. Is that kind of like how Mad Genius is?
2: Um, I don't know so much about Mad Genius, but when I started the brand Housewine, which I sold to Precept Brands in 2007, I actually did draw it on a cocktail napkin. And, uh, when I came up with the idea and I said, I told somebody, I said, here's my new wine, winery idea, and here's the label. And it was actually on a napkin. And I tell you, when it was done, it didn't look much different.
1: Yeah, that's very. Do you uh, do you have that napkin framed, or does someone actually have to sneeze and like it's gone?
2: I actually gave it to Paul Greggett, and it was while we were actually having a drink, and um, he actually still has it. Ah, uh, very cool. That's uh, yeah, that's cool. I wish I had it actually, but uh, maybe one day he'll gift it to me for birthday or Christmas. Or okay, something.
1: well, Paul's been on the show, and we'll remind him next time he's coming up this way. We'd like precept as well. Uh, so, house wine was was before K Vintners.
2: No, no, K started in 1999, okay. first vintage, and then I started the Magnificent Wine Company. Which which the you know the the star of the show was Housewine. I started that in two thousand
1: four. Yeah, House Wine became really the House Wine of the United States for almost uh, for the most part.
2: Unbelievable! I couldn't believe it. What a lucky shot!
1: Uh, well, <laughs> and <laughs> timing. Timing is everything. Uh, a lot of things. And uh, Kay Vintner, so uh, very cool. Obviously on Old Mill Creek Road uh, down there in uh, Walla Walla. The is at the east part of Walla Walla you near know, the Blues. Yep. Um, That iconic sign, the Big White K, and uh, that was your first winery and wine shop and retail place and tasting room, right?
2: Absolutely. And the funny thing about the Big White K, in the uh, county of Walla Walla, um, you can only have a sign for a business two, two feet by two feet. And so I originally had a four by eight foot sign. And they told me I had to take it down, so I figured, well, I think I'll go around them. I think I'll do a 17,000-pound sculpture instead. So now I have a larger sign that weighs 17,000 pounds right in front of my winery. So technically, I don't have a sign. I have a piece of art.
1: Ah, uh, It is. Well, I can see that. It's in the eye of the beholder. And uh, that K has become uh, an iconic piece of art uh, throughout the world of Washington wine, especially in Syrah. And you've uh, you've been very creative with all of these wonderful names that you've pr- pr- uh, produced out of K. Vinders. So tell us, we've got K. Syrah, then you've got another six different Syrahs, then you've started something called The Boy and Guido. and
2: Yeah, under K. Vinders, I you know, started with Syrah. Then I added Cabernet Sauvignon Syrah coferments like with my wine, The Creator, and the wine's named for my mother, Ovid and Roma. And then I started mm. The Boy, which is the Grenache. Um, and then I started... Uh, I found this little vineyard of Sangiovese, and I thought, okay, I love Sangiovese, and it was the <laughs> oldest planting down in the rocks in Milton Free Water. Um, it's actually it's it's interesting, but it was planted in um, 1996, and it was planted Sangiovese. And I said, well, I got to have this, and then, so I started making a wine called Guido, and um, that pretty much for the most part wraps up, you know, including all the single vineyards that I make for the Syrahs, That wraps up what I do with cave vineyards, and I make a you know really nice single vineyard Viognier as well.
1: You do make very nice everything for the most part. And, uh, you know, everyone got a kick out of the Creator because that was sort of the uh, icing on the the coup Uh, (laughs) d'etat. The label of the Creator is something, you know, that... Did you get any, well, blasphemous... uh, uh, (laughs) Was it retribution from having the you with a halo and on this Creator?
2: Well, no, actually. um, Actually, people thought it was pretty cheeky and fun, but the first person to buy the wine actually... In uh, Portland, oregon was actually a, a Catholic priest, so and he thought it was wine well, was great. sent me an email and you know my my little daughter, Charlotte, she was baptized at the Vatican so how blasphemous can I actually be
1: <laughs> it 's just uh, blasphemous marketing perhaps, but certainly uh, praise the Lord for this the vine of life that we have here. And uh, speaking with Charles Smith, the man behind, the face behind the creator, then Kay Vintners and Charles Smith Wines and Guido, which I thought was pretty funny. I thought you were going to tell me Guido Sarducci brought the first
2: bottle <laughs> No, that would be cool. I love Guido Sarducci. I mean, that was, that was great. But, you know, the idea is with my wines was I always wanted the name to be appropriate for what the wine was. So if you hear a wine's called Guido, you know it's going to be Italian varietal. Yeah. And the idea, it's always about... It's about uh, visual and auditorial uh, cues. And so the idea is I want to communicate the language wine to everyone. And if I called it something else, you know, that didn't have that, let's say I called it Charles... You know, Sangiovese, it wouldn't give you the same feeling. It wouldn't be like uh, Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs will lead you to where you need to go. <laughs> uh,
1: I love that because you, it's truly, uh, you know, when it comes to marketing, it's about uh, sight and hearing and, well, ultimately taste because that's what counts in the bottle. But uh, and speaking of sight, your, your image, your wineries, your labels have been um, pretty black and white.
2: Oh, absolutely. I like clarity.
1: That's called clarity, and uh, you know I think one of the most uh, emblematic uh, positions of clarity for you has been your time in Waitsburg, and what took place with the uh, the American flag painting in black and white.
2: Well, my uh, I bought the American Legion number thir- post number thirty five. It had not been used for several years. It was just empty. They had moved it, and it was just this uh, coral colored building painted really poorly on the main street. So I bought it. And I wanted to put a bar in there. And I had this idea. My father just passed away, and he actually landed on the beaches of Normandy in World War II. And I kind of wanted to honor him, so I decided to paint the the building as a big American flag. And because my colors are black and white, I painted a 26-by-54-foot black-and-white American flag on my building, which now graces the, the label for Charles and Charles
1: it's uh it's quite the uh, ambitious project, and uh, I like the fact that it was uh um, you know in an honor and in remembrance of uh, your father and of course uh, it is patriotic because i've seen people do you know people do a lot of different things with that flag and and actually making it big and and stark and uh, you know sometimes life is black and white it's it, uh, it is it's either win or you lose losing in a war. Or maybe you always lose. I don't know, but uh, so fun to be here with Charles Smith, the man behind uh, the twenty-six by fifty-four flag.
0: Well,
2: I mean, I love my country and uh, I love our flag, so I'm I think it's really cool.
1: I think it's really cool too, and uh, it's certainly visible in all of Waitsburg. Um, and I think what we have to do is break pe- through people's stereotypes of, you know, what this is art and this is not, you know, defamation. It's uh, it's a great thing, and it's, it's when it comes down to it, it's wine and wine's about celebrating having fun and and celebrating family. And you've done that quite well. I know that you've got a lovely wife and a beautiful daughter, Charlotte. How old is Charlotte?
2: Charlotte just turned two on August 31st. She was born on a blue moon.
1: Blue moon. She's,
2: you know, I mean, no pun because we're from Washington State, but she is absolutely the apple of my eye. Uh.
1: Perfect, I uh, having a great time here with Charles Smith in studio on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, I want to come back from this break, we're going to be chatting more about Walla Walla uh Charles Smith's projects his Charles and Charles, of course, uh, his new winemaker Brennan, and his assistant winemaker he's got a great team out there in Walla Walla, so stick around here on Happy hour Radio and remember if you have any uh you have a Twitter handle, Charles? Um, what's Twitter? Twitter. <laughs> well, Twitter is that millisecond of fame that we all strive to live for here on Happy Hour Radio. And that's us at Happy HR Radio. So don't be shy. Give us a tweet and we'll tweet you back. We'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Puckett with WineFolly.com, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 5 to 9, only in Seattle on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI one to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, rock stars, listen up. We've got the rock star in the house, the man with the hair, the man with the vision, the black and white label, and the big old flag in Waitsburg, Charles Smith of K Vintner's fame, Charles Smith Wines, Charles and Charles, and many more wines to come is in studio. Charles Smith. So we're talking about Walla Walla, and you moved and you have a big 17,000 pound piece of sculpture in your, uh, well, it's not your living room, but it's your front yard. I can see it from my front porch. <laughs> <laughs> I can too, and it's so fun because uh you know, when we go back to our house over there, we're just down to the land for you, right behind vintner's, and uh we get to drive by that all the time, and I was always wondering if you know when we built our house up there, um or at least purchased it, we put in a new gate, and someone came in one night and stole our gate. this gate was what twenty five feet wide. And someone stole it, but no one's touched your Cave Vintners piece of sculpture.
2: It's pretty heavy, <laughs> <laughs> and it actually, it's on a uh, one-inch-thick steel plate. I mean, you'd have a hell of a time trying to pull it out of the ground.
1: Oh, good. Well, I'm glad because uh, you know those those shenanigans happening on the east side of the state, uh, cow tipping and such. Um, but so Walla Walla Vintners, uh, excuse me, in Walla Walla, you have uh, um, a we great- have
2: we have Walla Walla Vintners in Walla Walla as well. We do. <laughs> They're right near your house. They you can are. see them from your front Let's porch.
1: From my front porch, <laughs> exactly. So you got a great team uh, um, of wine experts. I know that. Uh, in fact, you you were like the only guy in the house for the longest time because you had such a great bevy of talented young women working for you. We've got uh, Erica Walliser and Madeline uh, Madeline Dow and um,
2: who else? Oh, I got this great team. I have actually. Uh, six women that uh, sell my wine nationwide, you know, based in Denver, from Denver to Chicago to San Francisco, New York and uh, Florida, and well, here, uh, Heather, who's actually from Vancouver, she just joined us and she lives here in Seattle.
1: Very cool. And it's it's great team, and I know that you... Uh People haven't had a chance to meet you in person enough. When you're, you know, you know, we all have to work, and I think uh, you you have a great uh, rapport, and you're you're happy-go-lucky, and I guess it helps when you've been very fortunate with your decisions. And um, tell me about this this first project you did with uh, uh, you did house wine, then cave it. There's the next project what, Kung Fu Girl.
2: Yeah, well, it's kind of got the Charles Smith Wine Project, but it started with the idea of making single vineyard reasoning. Washington State is absolutely the best place for riesling to grow in the U.S. I mean, there's some really nice stuff made in the Finger Lakes as well. Mm -hmm. But really, you know, it's pretty dramatic there with the weather and the really hard winter, so it's kind of tough. Um, But out here, we can make great Riesling. So when I decided to make Riesling and I started the Kung Fu Girl, I I didn't want to do it under Cave Vintners because Cave Vintners is a Rhone-centric winery. And so I didn't want to, um, you know, mix things up. So I had to call it something. So, you know, instead of calling it like... uh, you know, black phone sellers or something like that, and people go, "Well, who's that? That's Charles Smith who has Cave vendors, So I just named it Charles Smith Wine. So all my labels don't have my name on the front; it says on the back. But the idea—it's—it's it's about the wine and it's about the the concept of the packaging, so people can get access to it.
1: And this Kung Fu
2: Riesling or Kung Fu Girl Riesling, the single vineyard. Where's that vineyard? Uh, that's up by George. That's Evergreen. It's uh, owned by Jerry Milbrandt. Uh, Millbrandt fame, you know, Jerry and Butch, who are out there in the Waluke Slope. I've been making wine from vineyards, from their vineyards since 2000, the Millbrandt Syrah, and I also make a wine called The Deal, and also a wine from Northridge Vineyard called The Hidden. So it's a great spot.
1: He's got a, you know, the Milbret family obviously been in Washington for a long time and a great uh, supporters or industrialists of wine, I should say. So uh, did you bring in a new t- winemaker? You've been doing this all yourself, but boy, you must be busy, you know, making road trips. How could you make all this great wine?
2: Well, I was by myself until 2005, and then Andrew Lada came to work with me, and he did the cellar until 2008, and then I showed him how I make my wine. And he runs the team in Wall Wall at K Vintners, and you know, I, I oversee everything. But he runs, you know, on a day in, day out basis, he runs the guys and we have a great team there. And then two years ago, um I I had the opportunity to uh you know uh, have uh Brendan Leighton, you know, from FST and before with Saint Michel join my team. I mean he's a deadly white wine maker and with you know my history and love of Burgundy and knowledge of German Riesling and his skill sets you know, collectively the three of us as a team can make better wine than any of us can do individually. So the idea is, it's not about you know me, me, me. It's about the wine, and we love making wine. We're really passionate about it. And uh, I have the absolutely. I mean, I'll go on record and say I have absolutely the best wine making team in Washington State, if not in the country. I mean, myself along with Brennan and Andrew. I mean it's pretty pretty hard to beat and not because we're competitive it's simply because we really love wine and we we love the opportunity to make something that people are going to drink and so we we have a be, real big responsibility to put everything into it
1: I like that word responsibility because when you when you get large and in charge, and uh, it's sometimes easy to look at the bottom line versus actually making sure that every bottle of wine is consistent and, and premium, uh, regardless of the price point. And you've got a whole host of price points out there, uh, from the uh, the Charles Smith label and up on up to the great uh, Kay Vintners wines.
2: Well, yeah, I mean <clears throat> Charles Smith wines. We have everything from Velvet Devil and Kung Fu Girl at $12 to Royal City and, you know, 100 points Syrah at uh, $150 a bottle. So, you know, the idea is you need to, you know, you need to do things on really well on every level. And the the bottom line is I make more Kung Fu Girl than anything else. And so it needs to be the most important thing that I do that because, I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to have access to that wine. And it's a, like I said, it's a privilege and a responsibility to put everything that we possibly can do into the wine which is you know all our heart and soul. And I like my internal slogan of the winery is there's more wine in our wine. <laughs> because there's everything in it. I mean it, we don't it's like you know like with sports, we leave everything on the field.
1: Alright. You take it to eleven, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well you know Behind those whimsical labels and the whimsical names and the uh, the black and white um, is certainly a great product, and I call it a product, but uh, it's a luxury product because people have a choice, and uh, no one needs to live on wine, but some people do. I know that I do too often. And, you know, thinking about the great things you've done, you've really uh, revitalized Walla Walla to a degree, and you can't take all the credit because um, Leonetti and Woodward and- there's so many good producers. So, yeah, that it's become just the- uh, uh, the center, the epicenter for um, some fantastic Washington names and history and stories. But you've done a great thing with this new downtown project. Tell me about the the new Charles Smith, or what's it called?
2: It's called the World Headquarters of Charles Smith Wines. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Tom Kundig of Olson Kundig Architects. Um, we did this uh, old uh, auto garage, auto electric garage from 1907, and it was simply you know, you know it, it was a building, you know, five thousand feet square feet with a big put- bunch of puddles inside leaky roof and you know plywood boarded up and we came in and we just uh cleaned it up and we did a build out and ended up getting the aia american institute of architecture award for repurposing of a building worldwide a couple of years ago so we have this beautiful building and i live in wall wall it's my home and so this is where i work and this is what i do
1: that's uh, so sweet to hear that you live in Walla Walla, and it's your home because it's a great place. And uh, thank you for you know upgrading Walla Walla. I know it, it that the town was uh, a little lost for a, for a while, not knowing who could help us out. And um, congratulations on that house wine to help
2: <laughs> fund some of that. Yeah, thank you, Precept. Thank you, Dan Beatty. Thank you, Andrew Brown. Oh, so
1: cool. Um, so people want to learn more about you, they can go to the website. Uh, it's at com and charlessmithwines.com. And... And uh, so you've got this great big uh, award-winning architectural showpiece, the worldwide headquarters of, of Charles Smith Wines. Uh, how many different wines are you making with Charles Smith?
2: Okay, the core portfolio is six wines. It's the um, Kung Fu Girl Riesling, the Yves Chardonnay, the Vino Pinot Grigio, and then the Velvet Devil Merlot, the Boom Boom Syrah, and the cheekily, cheekily named uh, Chateau Smith Cabernet Sauvignon, and then you have the high-end wines, which we have the, you know, of course, the Royal City Syrah. We also have the Broncho, the single vineyard Malbec, and I also have—I could have give you a number, but I like to list them all out. Some uh, free advertising, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I also make this uh, really excellent uh, Cabernet Sauvignon Syrah as well for there.
1: Oh, I love it! Those uh, sound fun. I've seen them in uh, many retail shops, and of course, you can't miss it because it just speaks to you. Uh, with those great names. And the labels, of course, there's a certain, well, a great thread of uh, white, white and black ink that goes through each. Um, so, looking ahead, uh, I know that you've got some projects coming on, so when we come back from this break, I want to dive into uh, how you got started into the whole rosé thing, because I'm making rosé this year, and um, it's going to be really fun with Morved and Sanso. and uh, I know that you've got an iconic rosé that's uh, It's so nice to have, uh, like San Michel and like uh, uh, Columbia Crest, uh, to have wineries that produce fantastic quality wines at great price points, but more importantly, that showcase Washington fruit so well. So when we come back from this break, I want to chat about your rosé project, your relationship with Charles, and uh, we'll talk about your new project as well. So stick around here on Happy Hour Radio, folks. Uh, don't forget uh, Crush is in Woodinville on October 11th. See the real grapes made by real winemakers into real wine. Check out WoodinvilleWineCountry.com. dot com. And uh, if you're in that fighting apple, or excuse me, cougar husky mode, uh, check out the Apple Cup. Win Apple Cup contest at Waterbrook you get uh, round trip airfare, uh, tickets to the game for you and seven friends, two nights lodging if you can can stop, just not sleep. Uh, you can party all night, and a catered tailgate with the king of the grill, David Minnick, and his bitchin' barbecue. Uh, say, um, also, uh, you've got to check out our website for all of the great uh, guests we have here on Happy Hour Radio. That's happyhourradio.net. And uh, remember, uh, we got lots of tweets. We'll retweet you at Radio. So stick around with more Charles Smith and Kay Vintners and Charles Smith Wines and, of course, Charles and Charles right here on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Where do wine enthusiasts turn year after year for some of the state's most highly awarded wine varietals and blends? Since 2001, it's been one place, Mary Hill Winery. Over the years, Mary Hill Winery has been honored as Winemaker of the Year, Washington Winery of the Year, and Best Destination Winery. And now, they've done it again. Mary Hill Winery just named the 2014 Winery of the Year at the San Francisco International Wine Competition. Taste for yourself with Mary Hill Wines at your local retailer. Or click MaryHillWinery.com. Hi, this is Yashar with ImpulseWine.com, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 5 to 9, only in Seattle on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI One and Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey,
1: and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. In studio today with uh, the maestro Charles Smith of K Vintners and Charles Smith Wines, Charles and Charles, and more to come. So, Charles Smith, um, I'm a big fan of rosé, and you've uh, partnered up with a guy named Charles Beeler, Charles Beeler, to make Charles and Charles. Your first wine there was rosé.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's he called me up and. In 2007, he said, Charles, you know, we want to start this new project um, with me, and I want to do rosé. I said, I'm really busy. I just started Charles Smith Wines. He said, well, I'll pay for the first vintage. And I said, well, it's not about money, but I'm in. <laughs> so we started <laughs> making uh, uh, rosé, so we made uh, 2,500 cases of the first uh, vintage. And where's Charles Beeler from? He lives in New York City. His family actually owns Chateau Rutas in Provence, great uh, rosé producer, oh, and yeah. um and of course, he's he's one of the three 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 thieves, uh, who started with the the jug wine, you know, the one liter jug, jug wine, making really good, xinmedel from the, uh, from the Central Valley and Lodi, and they own Bandit, and they oh. also and he also starred Sombra Mescal, which is my favorite mescal. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic.
1: I want to try some too. So uh now we've got the guy from Big New York and a guy from Little New York being Seattle, uh creating Charles uh Charles Rose. What is in that Rose?
2: Um, this vintage uh will be Syrah, uh Mouved, Grenache, Kunoz, Senso. Oh wow. That's cool. That's we're the real uh, uh, we the real deal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And wh- I wonder what's in Chateau Rutas? Is that uh, it's, Grenache, carignan. It's probably Grenache, carignan, <laughs> Sinso, Cunoise, uh, you know? How
2: about that?
1: Very yeah. good. And uh, you're making here in Washington State. How many
2: production facilities do you have? You just have the- Three. Three. Four. four five. Six. Yeah, yeah. Can I hear seven? Um, no, I have, the, you know, in Wall Wall, I have three. And, instead of putting everything in one building, we kind of added on, um, you know, kept, kept growing. And then um, I make wine with uh, two different facilities, uh, one near the Tri-Cities with a really nice uh, Munson family from Goose Ridge. make wine from there for uh, Charles and Charles and for in my new company, Wines of Substance. And I also, uh, with uh, Butch and Jerry up in Mattawa at the Waluk Wine Company, we make the wines for Charles Smith Wines there.
1: Very cool. So uh, you are really uh, have a, a launch pad in some... Pretty big cities. Well, not really big cities, but pretty major important uh, wine ports for Washington wine. So, um, looking ahead, Charles Beeler was here uh, in Seattle a little while ago at your opening. Was that him?
2: Oh, yeah. He looks like Mick Jagger, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> he does. A little bit. I like that. Was, yeah, he's uh, a great guy. Less wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I saw I saw the Rolling Stones in Copenhagen this summer, and like, wow. Yeah, they, somebody needs a tuck. Yeah, embalming fluid will help that. Um, so-
1: now, I know that you've got uh, Andrew, was your Andrew Lada? Andrew Lada, yeah. And then Brennan Layton. Brennan Layton's making some great I had a chance to to talk with him uh, at uh, our little place in Walla Walla. We had a nice long chat, and he gave me some Well, we tasted some barrel samples. You uh, just bottled some of the six-toe wine. Tell me about the new six-toe label, because I'll be honest. When I heard six-toe, I said, oh, is that really going to be a foot with six toes? No, there's a real story behind this.
2: <laughs> it is. It's six six-toe, S i x t o. And in uh, Latin, it means uh, sec, sec, the root is "sextus," which means the sixth. And this was my sixth project that I began, so sexto. And then I was really inspired by this film, uh, "Searching for Sugarman, about Sixto Rodriguez, and he was, you know, this fantastic musician that everybody, did, you know, didn't know that he was still around. But he was kind of like it was, and uh, it was maybe a couple of weeks before Charlotte was born, and. Uh, I don't think there was a dry eye in the audience um, when the film concluded. And I just really took it to heart about what integrity this guy had. And uh, so, you know, when it all came together and the idea that he was kind of, um, you know, it was about resurrection, you know, his career and, um, you know, he's found again. The idea was the Chardonnay. We deal with old vine Chardonnay that, you know, now the big wineries that we're using it for production. It doesn't produce enough you know, volume, you know, quantity, so you can't use it for, you know, inexpensive wine. So now it produces naturally two and a half tons acre. So that's just perfect. So um toe Rodriguez uh inspired me for to do it six toe about integrity and about resurrection. That's kinda, a great of kinda heavy, but on the other hand it's it's beautiful. It's about agriculture. I mean those vines are gonna be here, there long after I'm gone. So and my wines will still be living long after I'm gone.
1: Well uh that's a great story. I like it because here in my notes, I wrote the reincarnation of Chardonnay. So uh, to have an affiliation and an association with the resurrection of Sixto and being called Sixto wines. And by goodness, that wine is phenomenal. I mean, that's, that's great. We needed, we needed some help. <laughs> we had Syrah down. We got Racing down. We make some great Merlot and some Bordeaux blends, but uh, we had never really conquered Chardonnay. And I think it's fair to say I, I, there's a cup there's some
2: good ones out there, but nothing that was like, mm, my goodness. <laughs> it's pretty deadly. Uh we're we're proud of it and we we love we love Chardonnay. We love white burgundy and we have incredibly well-made wine from Chardonnay and there was no reason the Washington state could not be the leader in the new world for Chardonnay, for that burgundy varietal. We have the great soils, we have the long growing season, we have the cool climate. I mean, I'm a native Californian and I love some of the especially old-style California Chardonnays, but really it could be The bell ringer, you know, when it comes to like scores and accolades. Not my wine, but, you know, included in that group, hopefully, but Chardonnay in general, Washington State. Everybody should really be thinking high minded when it comes to Chardonnay and really making great Burgundian. Uh, inspired wine, yeah.
1: If you have, if you ever have a chance to taste great Burgundy, and uh, you'll then appreciate what Chardonnay can do. Uh, like Champagne, it's the Chardonnay is a major component. It can make fantastic, world class wine. So, tell me, you are number three in the state as a wine produ- producer, uh, right behind? Uh, well, <laughs> a little behind Saint Michelle Projects, and of <laughs> course, Precept. Um But are you a big player at the Washington Wine Commission? I mean, obviously, you must be uh, helping promote that uh, budget and.
2: I don't know. I think I'm an outsider on the inside. I don't know. I I just do my own thing and, and you know and be as nice as possible and work as hard and contribute whatever we do to the industry.
1: Well, we we like nice guys and uh I know that you hired a, a long-time uh childhood friend of mine and uh Bobby uh Bobby Whitaker. I know love I love that guy. I call him Bobby, it's just cause that's how I know him, but of course it's Bob, it's Bob Whitaker. Uh he had a rock and roll past and now he's getting the rock and roll business of wine making He's so,
2: great. Um, I love that guy.
1: He mentioned that uh he got some big plans here in the town. What are your next plans? Can you unveil? Can you give us a little sure, hint of a Sure, of course. Why not?
2: of You know, I started in Walla Walla, and then I started making wine from the Walla (laughs) Slope. Then I started making wines from you know the um you know uh, up there in the gorge up in uh, the Ancient Lakes, and it's been kind of a progression. I've been adding things on, and what I what what I didn't ever add on is something west of the Cascades. So coming this spring, in uh, Georgetown, beautiful Georgetown, Seattle. We're opening uh, a new winery, and we begin construction on it as we speak.
1: Well, I'm not thinking. You know, I think about Georgetown. There's some great old buildings down there, but something says that if it's Charles Smith is behind it, it's going to be something of a grandeur project. And uh, I can't wait. So, what's the timeline? Six months? Nine months? Uh, I want to open on my
2: mother's birthday, April second. Your mom's birthday is April second. Yep. So is mine. You got to be kidding! <laughs> I'm I, mean, not. I, I mean, I mean, you know, I talk about how much I love my country and our flag. And, and I love my mom. So, you know, to be able to do this, the person that gave me everything, um, I hope I can open it on her birthday.
1: I hope so, too. And I'll be down there. So I'm looking for some cake. I'll help blow out the candles. That'll be great. again <laughs> uh, So fun. That's really exciting for Washington State. And I, I mean the the uh, wet side of Washington here in Puget Sound. We've got Woodenville And I love Woodenville And they're one of our great partners. And uh, they got that crush thing going on October 11th at Woodenville Wine Country. But, you know, Sometimes it's hard to like, okay, I want to take 405. I mean, it's not hard for many people, but I like the fact that you're doing something local. You have a tasting
2: room and a concert room. and. A- oh, I'm, I'm, I I bought the old Dr. Pepper bottling plant, which is just on the north end of Boeing Field. And uh, with Tom Kundig once again, they will have a t- two-level tasting room overlooking the runway of... Um, Boeing Field, which is really funny because I'm really afraid of flying, and so I put myself right at the, next to Boeing Field at the end of a runway with planes flying over it all every day. But I'm building out a thirty, you know, twenty-eight thousand square foot winery. So it will be a full production winery, and every day that you're we're open on the second level, you'll be able to look through the floor-to-ceiling glass and see whatever is going on that day in the winery. So every day that we're open and you come to visit. There'll be a winemaker there.
1: Uh, so cool. That's really exciting. And uh, I know that when we were at your tasting for the trade a couple of weeks ago, those planes were flying just overhead. They <laughs> yeah. were right
2: close. They are. But it's, 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 that's Georgetown. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the original settlement for Seattle was right there on the Dumontish, and a lot of people don't know that. And before the Denny family uh, went up in, on the Denny grade, and that's what settled where Seattle is, quote unquote, proper now. But uh, Georgetown is the original settlement of Seattle.
1: Well, this has been a pleasure. Charles Smith with kvintners.com, charlesmithwines.com. What a treat. Uh, you're a great guy. It's good to see you on, on this side of the, the mountains. I wish you the best of luck with all your project. I look forward to seeing you on my birthday, April 2nd, down in Georgetown for sure, and I'm sure sooner over in Walla Walla. Charles Smith, thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Stick around. We've got uh, Day in the Life at Maryhill Winery coming back after this break, so uh, we'll see you right after this.
3: Jeff Cox with PCC Natural Markets and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Breaking
0: down the big stories. Blend back weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI want to know weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey and
1: welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Had an amazing show with the one and only Charles Smith of K Vintners and Charles and Charles Wines and the magnificent wine company. But right now it's time for Reality Radio. And my special guest is Craig Luthold, uh, owner, uh, co-owner of Maryhill Winery down in Maryhill, Washington, and we're spending a day in the life of Maryhill Winery. Craig, welcome to Happy Hour.
3: Thank you, Christopher. Great hey, to be here.
1: Well, uh, I love the fact that we we chatted last week and talked about the eighty thousand cases, the rock concerts you host, and the special edition wines you give to the uh, those rock stars, which must be really fun. But uh, right now it's harvest, so I imagine the the real stars are all those grapes you're harvesting. Yeah, no doubt
3: and the crew that gets to harvest them, no doubt about it.
1: Oh, yeah, we got to thank the crew because uh, you, know, you talked about 25 employees last week and swelling up uh, for the summertime, but, you know, the people who work the vineyards, I mean, gosh, that is uh, some serious, talented work and uh, little, a little labor of love.
3: <laughs> truly, truly.
1: Hey, so tell me, where? how many Appalachians are you getting all your grapes from? I know Maryhill makes well, a lot of different wines.
3: Yeah, we source from seven different Appalachians, so... Walla Walla, Luke Slope, Horse Seven Hills, Yakima Valley, Red Mountain, um, the um, uh, Rattlesnake Hills, as well as the major Appalachian, the Columbia Valley. So most of the major Appalachians are uh, represented in our tasting room in one wine or another.
1: That's cool. I mean, you've really spanned the state, so you get uh, a variety of fruit. And I understand that whites have came in pretty early this year. So tell me what you've got bubbling away in the fermenters.
3: Well, we have some Sauvignon Blanc and some Pinot Gris. Uh, we haven't picked our Viognier yet, but it looks like that's going to be either the end of this week or early next, although. Looks like we might have a rain event coming in here, so it's hard to say whether or not uh, we'll be picking them. If it rains, we'll have to wait a day or two.
1: I to let that uh, those grapes dry out and uh, unswell a little bit, but I can't imagine exactly. it's too much rain coming down. So, your Sauvignon Blanc, which uh, Appalachian or American viticultural area do you uh, pull Harv- Sauvignon Blanc from? We
3: actually have a we have a, actually have a couple of different sources of Sauvignon Blanc. Some of it is grown right down in the Columbia Gorge where we're located, not far from the winery. And then we also source some from Tudor Hill Vineyards, which is in Grandview in the Yakima Valley. And that's located right next to Otis Vineyards, which they recently purchased, which is the oldest operating vineyard in Washington State.
1: That's right. 1962 was founded, right?
3: 57, actually. Oh, no, you
1: got me, huh? 57? Just yeah, like and we
3: are going to actually be sourcing that 1957 cab this year for the very first time.
1: Oh, uh, that's exciting. So um, which is your largest white production uh, for the variety?
3: Um, it actually is uh, our winemaker's white, but it's not a variety. It's a blend. But in terms of varietals, it would be either Pinot Gris or Viognier because those two kind of uh, flip-flop year over year, depending on the how big the harvests are.
1: And you talked about you haven't harvested v and yet. It might be coming in at the end of uh, the following week. Uh, where is that vineyard or those vineyards located?
3: Most of the v actually comes from right adjacent to the winery. v is a little bit unique in that it, it needs a little bit more hang time. In, t- in order to develop those really rich, uh, tropical flavors. If you pick it too early, it tends to be a bit more austere. But we love it because of its floral characteristics. And you've got to get it pretty darn ripe in order for those flavors to develop in that grape.
1: Uh, I get that because I think Viognier is a very pretty wine, and uh, well, I'm pleased to be speaking with Craig Luthold, the uh, co-founder and co-owner of Maryhill Winery down in Maryhill, and we're spending a day in the life of Maryhill Winery. Actually, this is what's going on down there. So, tell me what is happening uh, with those white wines. Uh, we've got Pinot Gris. We've got what's happening with the Chardonnay. Is that in barrel yet?
3: No, Chardonnay actually has not been picked yet. We're probably. Maybe about a week to 10 days on our first uh, lot of Chardonnay. It ripens just a tad bit later than the, the Pinot Gris and the uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Well,
1: I remember Otis Vineyard has some Chardonnay. Uh, I know, uh, or was it Otis Vineyard? I mean, I'm thinking Wyckoff. I know Columbia had some of those single vineyard wines. Where are you yep. pulling your Chardonnay from?
3: Our Chardonnay, the the, the bulk of it actually comes from uh, Millbrand Vineyards up on the Walloop Slope.
1: Ah, great spot. And is that uh, relatively cool this year, or has it been pretty warm?
3: Boy, the whole state's been cooking. I mean, we I don't know that we're going to set a record. We were so far ahead at the end of June, everybody thought that harvest was going to be, like, way, way early. But a couple of hot spells in July and August actually put the uh, plants into a semi-dormancy. So they stop producing chlorophyll when the temperatures get above 95 degrees, and if it gets over 100 The plants actually semi-shut down and kind of go into a resting period until it cools off and they can start um, basically breathing again because uh, the excessive heat actually causes the plants to... um, hold on to what energy they have just to keep things going, and so they're not producing chlorophyll, and so they're actually not producing sugar. So harvest actually got delayed a little bit because of those heat spikes that we had in the middle of summer.
1: Well, that probably worked out for you, because I know you got a lot of red wine coming in, too. Uh, and I'm sure we'll chat next week about some of the red wines. Absolutely. Okay, well, Craig Lutho, thanks for joining me in A Day in the Life of Maryhill Winery. Uh, we'll chat with you next week.
3: All right,
1: thank you. Thank you and thanks everyone for tuning into Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. I want to thank my guest, Charles Smith, owner of K Vintners. Don't forget folks, life's always better with a designated driver. Cheers.